0: Hey, welcome to the Center Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that He brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Good morning everybody. Morning, how are we this morning? Oh, that's good to hear. And welcome to our vi- some. Of the, I've seen some new faces here this morning. Welcome to our visitors. Now, today we're starting part two of our growth series. So, growth is the overall theme. We want to grow like a tree, from Psalm one, verse three. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters, will bear fruit in season sleeve shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So that's uh, the big vision for the year. And we divide it into four parts. Part one was prepping the soil. You've got to have the end. Prepping. We're prepping the soil. The soil is ready. That's what we did last term. Then we had a break of Easter. Now we're gonna sow the seeds. So before we start our series in sowing the seeds, I want to start with just a very, very famous parable, Jesus' parable of the sower. It's, I guess, a parable that's just almost so familiar, so simple, we can sort of lose some of its meaning of it. But we need to look back into the Gospels, and three of the four Gospels have this parable, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Many commentators call this The parable of parables. And Jesus kind of gets stuck in the disciples. If you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand any? Because this is about what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a man going out and throwing out seeds. And those seeds are either going to get taken away, either they're going to grow and nothing much is going to happen, Are they going to be like weeds growing up and choking out the goodness? Or will it be fruitful? Parables, they often use just everyday life events. But they throw something unique in them. Now think about some of Jesus' parables. Well, what's he do? Think of a parable which sort of has something that... An everyday experience or occurrence and then something thrown into the middle of it that changes it. Can anyone actually think of something? Some parable that does that? Yep. Workers in the vineyard, vineyard. yeah. Great one. Another one. Another parable. Probably one of the most famous, the parable of the good, what? Samaritan. Samaritans aren't good. There's nothing good about Samaritans. They're terrible. And so this is sort of what happens here with parables this idea is that you're meant to listen to something that's kind of normal everyday experience for for these jewish peasants you know farming's an everyday experience people throwing out seeds but here something unexpected happens there is a harvest harvest 30 60 and a hundredfold something quite remarkable about that but what Jesus did here's a bit of fun fact. So well, he wasn't actually inventing something new here. This idea of having four, um, three things that were bad and then the fourth one being really good. This was really common rabbinical or, or rabbi's way of teaching. And there was another rabbi out there, and he actually talked about um, four different types of like instruments that are there. There are those that are like a sponge, a funnel. A, stranger, a strainer or a sieve, a sponge soaks up everything. A funnel takes in it all at once and lets it out the other. A strainer lets liquid pass through it but retains the, the I guess, the missing bits part of it. And the sieves lets it out and retains fine flour. So Jesus here is he actually using something that people are familiar with. That this is not something unusual. This idea is something, three useless things. And one good thing. So this is a way that, Je- that other rabbis at the time of Jesus would teach. The point of all this is that Jesus here is trying to show his disciples about what the kingdom is like. And in Mark's Gospel, if you read through Mark's Gospel in a it's just fast-paced. One event after another. Immediately, immediately, immediately. And chapters 1 to 3, it's just Jesus on the move. He's there preaching. He's casting out demons. He's engaging in different people. He's talking to Pharisees. He's calling disciples. Lots of fast-paced action. And then now after three chapters of lots of action, chapter 4, it slows down. In some ways, the, the parable of the sower, it's like recounting the events of Mark. So... Jesus has been, he's been rejected three times in Mark so far. The, his own family is one of them. Yeah, they reject him. Like, hey, what are you doing? You're going mad. He's had the scribes and he's had the Pharisees. There's sort of these different groups of people that rejected him. But in the midst of this rejection, there is growth. Every time Jesus preaches, there's lots of people in, in Mark 1, where Jesus sees teaching and people are all gathered at the door, then he when he heals the paralytic, there's so many people around him, people can't get in the door. And now he's here because there's so many people. He has to get onto a boat to separate himself from the crowd. There are even hints within the parable about this is what the kingdom is like. There are times when you're going to be rejected. People are going to fail. People won't listen. People seem like they're tracking in the right direction and they don't get it in the midst of it, there's going to be a harvest, 30, 60, and a hundredfold. That's kind of what you need to focus on. That's the point of this. The kingdom of God is something unique and different and not to what we're used to. Parable is simple. And thank you, Evan, for reading it out. But see, I like to do. I like to read scripture again. So Mark chapter 4. We're told here, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat, sat in it at out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so it did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some a hundred times. And then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Okay, let's pause for a sec. And we, in listening to that, kind of the beginning of the parable, the ending are bracketed by a commandment. What's that? Anyone notice? What's, what's Jesus say at the beginning of the parable? And how does he end the parable? Does anyone notice? Listen. A very, very important. Listen, and biblical teaching and biblical mindset. Listening isn't just how primary school or high school kids listen. All you poor high school teachers out there, you know, it's like you're teaching, and what happens? Information comes in one ear, and where's it go? Straight out the other. <laughs> and then it's like, hey, what did you learn today at school? I don't know. That's not biblical listening. Listening in Scripture, it's hearing something and acting out on it. Now, what Jesus is doing in writing, the crowds to whoever has ears to hear, let them hear, when he's telling them, listen, a farm went out to sow, what he's doing is he's alluding back to the most famous prayer in all of Scripture for faithful Jews, Every morning you would get up and you would recite this prayer, morning and night, from Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, Shema Israeli, Shema, that's the prayer. Shema, listen. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Hear, listen. That's what Jesus is telling us to do. He's making his listeners think back. This is what Moses commanded the Israelites to do. They are to listen to God's command. Shema. Now as the bringer of the new covenant, the new law, Shema. Listen. Listen very carefully. It's of the first part of the parable. It's interesting that as the disciples come to Jesus, afterwards there's always this expectation you should actually know what's happening i just find it quite fascinating there's this expectation that jesus would expect the disciples to know that if you've got ears to hear you should understand this now if you actually read all of mark 4 you'll notice some of the order gets a bit messed up because here jesus teaching on a boat and then he's talking to the 12, which we're going to look at today. Then after verse 20, it seems like he's back there teaching on a boat. And that can confuse some people. So this is another little tip. I guess if you want to understand the Bible a bit better, is that biblical authors didn't necessarily write things in the correct time frame order. Sometimes they're just making a theological point. So that's a bit of an aside, just to help you in your gospel reading. Now, sometimes chronology is not important. What's important is theology. Theology over chronology. There you go. It's a helpful hip, hint there. Now, when the disciples come to Jesus, they ask him, and he said, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. It's very interesting, very hard bit of scripture here. It's from Isaiah chapter 6, from verse 9. They may be ever seeing, but never perceiving and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. It's pretty hard stuff there. Very hard stuff. May they be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and be ever hearing, but never understand. Otherwise they may turn and be forgiven. Jesus is referring to the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah's ministry was not necessarily one where everyone listened and readily accepted what happened. But for those who did listen, there was a blessing. So we've got this sort of hint that's happening throughout Mark. Jesus has come to bring in the kingdom. Some people listen and are blessed. Some do not. And if you know Isaiah chapter 6, it's this beautiful vision that Isaiah sees of Yahweh's glory coming through the temple. And the seraphim there going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And Isaiah's response is, woe is me, I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips and I live amongst the people of unclean lips. And the seraphim put out this culturally strange, and they make Isaiah's tongue cleansed and purified, then Yahweh sends him out. And then it says here, he says, go and tell these people, and these are the words Jesus crowed, be ever hearing, but never understanding, be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people callous, make their ears dull, and close their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understands with their hearts and turn and be healed. It sounds really harsh, sounds really terrible. Remember I've taught before that when a New Testament book quotes a bit of Scripture, we would look at the whole context behind it to understand it fully. Verse 11 says, this is Isaiah, I says, Then I said, for how long, Lord? And he answered, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant." Until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged. Until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tent remains in the land, it will be la- again be laid waste. That sounds terrible. It sounds horrible, is judgment. But then there's a but. This is important. But as a terebinth and oak leave stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be a stump in the land, okay? So, Jesus quoting Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, doom and gloom, they won't be ever perceiving and never understanding anything. Oh, gosh, like, you know, is Jesus just saying this in riddles so people can't get into the kingdom. Well, no, he's saying there are, there are people there who you're to know, minister to. They're just never, ever going to understand it. They're hard, it's like hardened, and it's going to lead to some judgment. In Isaiah's day, that did it led to judgment. And Isaiah foresaw that. Cities lying in rural noise, terrible, terrible language, doom and gloom. But whenever there's judgment, there's hope. But there's the terebinth and oak leaf stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. It's roundabout way. Well, that's what Jesus is saying with these seeds here. The seeds are going to be scattered out. People going to reject it. People going to ignore it. But don't be disheartened because there will be a harvest. Perhaps like in the time of Isaiah, all that will be left is just a couple of stumps. But if there's a stump, if there's a seed, that's all that is needed to grow a tree. Friends, today this parable here, it's simple. The Bible is simple in many ways but it's not simplistic. Very, very different. Simple, but not simplistic. A child can understand it. You can teach this to a child, but the depth of it is so profound and rich. As Jesus gives his explanation to his disciples, we now learn what the parable of parables, the meaning is. Don't you understand this parable, Jesus says? How then will you understand anything? parable the farmer sows the word some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown as soon as they hear it satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word at once receive it with joy but since they have no root they only last a short time when trouble or persecution comes because of the word they quickly fall away still others like seeds sown among thorns Hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in, choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop some 30, some 60, some 100 times what is sown. Friends, today, what type of soil will you be? First soil? Second soil, third soil, or fourth? I have to admit, there's times in my life where, well, obviously there was a time probably where I was a first soil, where obviously wasn't a Christian and Satan was taking that away, but I felt like a second soil and a third soil. That perhaps there's this period of time, yeah, I'm really excited about Jesus. And then it's like, eh, sun comes out, scorches it. All those times they're like, yeah, I really want to be like Jesus. I want to follow him. But the material pleasures of this age can block it out. I was once reading a testimony of an Iranian Christian who was imprisoned for his faith, spent a number of years there, and then he got asylum to go to the United States. And after living in the United States for 12 months, his reflections were, wow, it's much harder to be a Christian in America than in Iran That'd be the opposite, wouldn't you? You think going to prison for your faith would be really difficult and living in a free country like America would, would be easy? But he said, No, no, it's actually the opposite. There's something quite deceitful about wealth, desires of things can make you unfruitful. And as any gardener who has seen outside right now, of all the rain, there is lots of weeds that choke us. I think today the bulk of us in this room, and I know I'm guilty of this, probably sit in this third soul category. very easy to get distracted. It's very easy to let things choke up the word and to not be fruitful. I guess like any good gardener who wants to produce abundant harvest, it takes work. It takes effort. And I have to admit, I, I kind of like the idea of being a gardener, but deep down, I actually hate it. I'm like, oh, so annoying. <laughs> so terrible. Constantly pulling out weeds, constantly truing things. I don't know how you do it, Kerry. I don't, and John, I don't know how you do it. I think, oh, Lord, gifted people who, who love to look after God. I just cannot do it. I find it so difficult. And I think that's why it's such a great image of our spiritual walk growth. It's, I love that image of Psalm 1-3, this tree planted by waters, a beautiful stream, and there's fruit, and the leaves aren't withering. The reality is, is that life sometimes is our tree, we may be planted by water, that water's muddy, dirty, and the fruit, you don't really want to eat it. And here I find Jesus' words, they cut through it, whoever has ears to hear. Let them hear. Just like the Shema. It's like the Shema. Every day you get up and pray their prayer. Here is our the Lord our God. The Lord is one. This parable is telling us every day there's this wrestling, this struggling for where the seed is gonna go. Is how is our soil going to be? Is it gonna be deep? Is it gonna be shallow? Is it gonna be full of weeds? Is it not? Or is it gonna produce? An abundant harvest. So today, friends, the question I asked earlier, what type of soil will you be? My prayer is for myself and for all of us that we can be fourth soil people to produce a harvest that's 30, 60, and 100 fold Please join me as I just pray for all of us that we can live as people like that. Father God, in heaven, I do pray, Lord, that as we live in a world where we are tempted by many things, Lord, perhaps our problem is Satan stealing the word away from us. Perhaps it is that we have shallow roots and we quickly wither up and die. Perhaps we just have too many weeds in our garden. Lord, I pray that we can be like that fourth soil a people who produce a harvest 30, 60, and 100 hundredfold. Lord, I pray that we can have ears to hear what you're calling us to do, to be reminded that the kingdom of God works in a different, unique way. It's the point of the parables is to subvert our expectations, Lord, so help us to be reminded that your kingdom is not of this earth. Your kingdom is from heaven, so you do things very differently to us as pray as individuals and as a collective body we can move forward to be people of growth and of harvest i pray all of this in jesus name